0: This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of Acme. Hello, everybody. Um, I come here with an interesting hat. As Robert said, my background. I'm currently the head of the School of Fashion Textiles at RMIT. So I'm very interested in the impact of an exhibition such as this. So part of my dialogue today is the new exposure, what this exhibition does with new exposure, and the sort of material that's come together in this exhibition. So I'm going to start with the standard. There's a brand new dance, and I don't know its name, fashion. French Vogue, Zoolander, Alexander McQueen, Yellow Tailoring, Red Shoes, Kanzai Yamamoto, Coloured Hair, V&A Museum, Louis Vuitton, Kate Moss, Ziggy Stardust, fashion, beep beep. So for those of you who've read the catalog, you probably would have read the chapter on fashion, where journalist Michael Flaherty has noted that David Bowie might be the most referenced musician in fashion history. Well, as I started to prepare, prepare for this seminar, I began to wonder, was there anyone who hadn't been influenced by Bowie? So part of what I started to do was to look at the current collections from 2011 to 2013, where we actually see this incredible referencing of Bowie's work, partly due, I think, to the Victorian Albert Museum. But what I thought I would do is look at, dig a bit deeper about design process. Um, You won't be hearing from me today the 10 top looks that Bowie influenced in fashion history, even though I've been asked by journalists over and over again. I would like to dig deeper into the influence of someone like David Bowie on fashion designers. So this year, the BBC History magazine declared David Bowie the best-dressed Briton of all time, with a 66-year-old musician above Queen Elizabeth I and Queen of the Dandies, Beau Brummel. Bowie received 48.5% of the votes, compared to Elizabeth I at 13.6%. Bowie was nominated by designer Wayne Hemingway of Red or Dead for his significant and continuing influence on fashion. So what is it about this David Bowie in his clothes and music? Well, I think there have been a lot of scholars who have started to really reconsider the role of clothing and music together. And David Bowie, as Janice Miller has noted, is one of the few performers who have been discussed in terms of fashioned image without losing any of their value as a musician. Often clothings have been thought of as the gloss, but when we start to look at Bowie, we start to see something more of a composition where the clothing and the music work together, the whole experience comes together, and this is where the potency occurs. So, I'm interested in looking at Bowie's impact on contemporary design and how various contemporary designers have used that. So, I'm going to look at various ideas and narratives related to identity and difference, gender, fandom, iconic imagery, and historic referencing. I think before we start, I think it's worthwhile thinking about the strong parallels that run between music and fashion. And this idea of mass communication, of the power of what happens when someone is performing and the clothes that they wear. So part of what i we looking at is that parallel, that parallel dialogue between fashion and music and how they come together. I put this one up here because this is one of those very snap type scenarios. And I won't be doing a lot of these. This is the French designer Jean-Paul Gaultier, directly referencing the Kanzai Yamamoto knit jumpsuit from 1972. And there it is, reinvented 40 years later. Now, if we look at this collection, and this is where it's quite interesting, Jean-Paul Gaultier actually looked at all all his favorite pop stars, Annie Lennox, Boy George, everyone, and just put the whole rock star look together in this particular ready-to-wear collection. Now, the designers I'm about to look at, some of them you might be so familiar with have actually looked quite deeper in terms of how Bowie might influence the very essence of their design. So the designer I'm going to look at here is Walter van Berendonck, who recently had a major retrospective that was sponsored by the Naomi Milgram Foundation. Um, So Robert will be very familiar with this one. Um, Down at the Design Hub, previously was displayed in Antwerp in the Fashion Museum there. Now, the centre point of the wall was a blown-up image of David Bowie. Now, in this particular exhibition, which was also an archive of a designer, uh, it was trying to get into the thoughts of a designer. What are the sorts of things that inspire you? What are the influences in your world? So there was this whole wall called a wonder wall, and on that it had uh, pictures of of people, uh, cultural events, artworks, and so on. And the major iconic part for Walter van Berendonck was actually David Bowie. And this is what he said. My earliest memory of David Bowie was a Ziggy Stardust when I was about 14 or 15 years old. I was fascinated by Bowie as a human being, his music, and his ever-changing looks. The combination of all of that was just so overwhelming to me. In that moment, I realized that image and clothes were a form of communication. Ultimately, Bowie was the reason that I got interested in fashion. I love the codes he was playing around with. His favorite song was Heroes, and I'm wearing one of his um, necklaces. So this is how Bowie looked at uh, this, is how the, this is how Walter van Burendonck looked at Bowie. He saw it as a way of releasing a whole range of eclectic characters into the fashion world. There was never one look in these collections of the '90s and the '80s from Walter van Burandock. There were multiple identities. There were, there were garments on display, uh, put on runways that were neither male nor female. There was this really strong sense of identity. So rather than seeing that very copycat type imagery, we see this chameleon-esque appearances was the source of inspiration. The transformation that, unlike the early Jean-Paul Gaultier slide, where decade by decade you recognize a particular uh, pop musician or rock star, in fact, Bowie's was about this continual transformations. And this is where Walter van Berendonck uh, took this up in his work. In recent collections, partly due, I think, to the um, exhibition at the Victorian Albert Museum, we actually see uh, Walter van Berendonck referencing particular moments of Bowie's style. Uh, In this particular collection, he's referencing um, glam rock. But he also is going back to this idea of identity, which runs incredibly strongly in in Walter's work. Now, something I I think is important to remember is that fashion is an Incredibly conservative industry. So, in terms of the sorts of things that Bowie was doing on stage, weren't necessarily readily translated into uh, fashion industry in terms of how, how fashion is translated into shops or into everyday wear. In something like a runway, like a performative event, like a rock concert. The runway is very influential in terms of shifting people's ideas. So a lot of of the images I'm showing you are from those runway experiences. You can see here the glam rock star of this collection by Walter. Here again, there are references to a whole range of um, iconic imagery from Bowie, but not this this copycat scenario. You can see here with the detail of the shoes, uh, the, the very tight pants. You can see here with the detail of the jury, quite extraordinary. These are actually Mick Jagger lips, not David Bowie lips. But I think in terms of the power of a designer, in terms of the thinking, the idea of Bowie, I mean, there have been many, many, many academics who've written about the medium of Bowie. But I also think the very idea of Bowie and the elements that make up those transformative practices is where you see a designer like um, Walter van Berendonck are working quite a particular way. So in a more recent collection, uh, Walter van Berendonck referenced this particular image. Um, And here we have uh, David with his wife and his young child. In terms of how this was translated on the runways of Paris was this idea of the nursery rhymes, the sorts of clothes the child would grow up to wear. So here we have these quite whimsical um, translations from Walter van Berendonck. In these collections, it's directly referenced. So in the notes, the narratives of the, of the fashion designer will actually quote David Bowie as the source. And of course, in the background to these parades, uh, in this particular instance, um, the sounds of the Stardust were playing. So looking at those sorts of relationships that Bowie has had with designers, uh, the one that I'd like to talk briefly on here is Alexander McQueen um, and David Bowie. And here we have um, a film that I think is probably um, more known about now than it was in its day, um, the 1983 The Hunger, which again was um, uh, an erotic horror film with vampires in the club scene, great story now. In its day, it, it did take on a cult status. Um, And certainly the imagery in that, in terms of the persona of of Bowie um, and Catherine Devenu actually took on quite cult proportions. She was dressed in Yves Saint Laurent. Um, with, With the relationship with Alexander McQueen, we see this occurring in his The Hunger. Again, a very challenging collection in terms of looking at the angst of the world. Here we have Like in the vampire movie, we have garments that are ripped, uh, flesh-exposed, that the woman wearing the red skirt actually has worms crawling down the clear plastic front of her garment. Uh, So here were two like-minded souls. And it's interesting because the actual Hunger Collection um, was developed by Alexander McQueen after he'd worked on the commissioned frock coat for Alexander McQueen. So here we had two quite, quite like-minded souls in terms of uh, the understanding of particular genres. Uh, The runway in Paris was a sacred place and in London as well so this idea of showing a collection of decay of things rotting and falling apart and worms squirming was a very provocative act but at the same time very powerful in people rethinking um, how fashion operates and in terms of a consumer culture that is about the pristine. So really putting out quite different ideas. So with the frock coat that um, McQueen um, had created for for David Bowie. Here we have a distressed surface, um, the desecration of a national flag, uh, the burnt holes with cigarettes, but also the idea that the very symbol of your culture is breaking down. So there were very similar, there were very similar, um, very similar thinking between these two. Uh, there is a quite famous interview between um, David Bowie and Alexander McQueen. Um, that was done in Dazed and Confused. And in that, you really see that the two are quite like-minded in their thinking about a lot of things. So this was a very powerful collaboration, two provocateurs coming together. And certainly Alexander McQueen shifted a lot of the ways we perceive fashion. Uh, This is a more recent Hunger version. Uh, This is Preen who in one of their recent collections, again, I think more so to do with the exhibition at the Victoria and Albert Museum, have also referenced David Bowie in the narrative for their shows. Now, the next the next um, fashion designer I wanted to quickly delve into was Eddie Slimane. And here I've put up um, the album cover. Now, I'm sure there's been lots of talk about album covers today, but also the idea that that quite young, quite young, Uh, children were influenced by David Bowie. The idea that your sister or your mother had an album and this became something that stuck in your mind and would influence the course of how you would develop your creative practice. So in this case this is the album that influenced Eddie Slimane in terms of him thinking about uh, the idea of uh, androgyny, uh, the symbol of the suit and how he could work with that in quite different ways. When Eddie Slimane became um, head of um, Christian Dior, he actually put this particular um, image on the wall. He took all the different, um, usually you have a look wall which has all your influences on it. He took everything off it, including all the iconic images related to the house of Christian Dior, and he put up this one image. And of course this is the very famous image of David Bowie on the stage presenting the Grammy to Aretha Franklin, and of course, with that very um, strong opening, Ladies, Gentlemen, Others. So a new era had begun begun at Christian Dior Homme. It would never quite be the same again in terms of starting to think quite differently about how work was developed. Eddie Slimane also went on to design for Yves Saint Laurent and had this incredible deep influence in terms of The type, the way he was putting out identity, the way he was trying to shift what a traditional menswear collection might look like. Of course, Eddie Slimane is known for dressing David Bowie um, during this period and bringing in these very tight clinging suits. Now of course, for for Dior, for Yves Saint Laurent, uh, the idea that Bowie was out there wearing these suits gave them this notoriety, this mass communication, this transference between uh, these different collaborators, um, artists um, working together but separately, is an interesting one. So the one I also want to um, to look at is, is another approach to using a uh, David Bowie. So we, we've looked at the ideas, we've looked at uh, influence from a very very early age, but in terms of thinking of how how you reference someone like um, David Bowie, and in this case, this is Raph Simmons for. Haute Couture, Paris Haute Couture, one of the recent Haute Couture collections. Um, and you can see here There's rather grand interest to the Dior. Um, it's the Rodin Museum in Paris It's undergoing renovations. Uh, big wall outside so you don't see that the front of the façade is actually being renovated. Um, he was interested in the idea. Raf Simmons writes about this idea of Bowie as this chame- ch- chameleon. Um, the materialisation of something else more than a man, an idea. So what he did was take the traditional house of Christian Dior. This is the inside of the parade where you have all the scaffolding. He started to look and again he played all the different songs from from Bowie as part of the accompaniment. Um, But in the past where designers have worked for Dior, they're meant to reference the collection of Christian Dior. There's meant to be a very strong history thread running through the couture collection. So you're always going back to the original 50s. So what he tried to do was to look at history differently. So he started to reference someone, else, someone else's archive. He referenced the archive of David Bowie. So rather than using Dior, he used the archive of David Bowie. He also wanted to bring the kink back into um, Hot couture. So here we start to see this use of different types of materials. You get a sense of Bowie, but we're not looking at a copycat scenario. We're not looking at, at garments. You can say, oh, that's the 72 outfit, that's the 81 outfit, That's the..." and so on. Here we start to see the idea of Bowie being used. You can see here this incredible combinations of, of fabrics and also a type of edginess. Here we have probably the only truly snap type scenario but even then you're not really seeing that. So for him it was very much this idea of how you use history. Here are some of those ones that we're more familiar with and I've just put these in here to give a, a sense of how, how a lot of fashion history is looked at David Bowie with, with more of the, snap, the snaps in terms of those elements like a suit. Suits are something that have always been something very classical in terms of menswear. So when we start to look at uh, Phoebe Philo and Celine, here we start to see menswear being seen in a women's wear context. Sure, there have been other designers like Yves Saint Laurent, but there is this transference that we start to see. And I think that is something, again, fashion is very conservative. So to actually see these types of things stirring up fashion is really very important. Here is the Dries Van Noten, again, referencing a particular moment in Bowie's life. Now, what I wanted to say in terms of thinking about how an exhibition operates was to think about in terms of, by the release of an archive, what that actually does. I mean, it might seem for many of you in this audience that it would be very strange that some people don't have the encyclopedic knowledge of David Bowie like you have. So I think that is something that in terms of what happens when you release an archive. And archives are really quite rare things, and that's why I started with Walter van Berendong. There are very few types of these mass accumulation of things where people have actually put together quite... have actually, through default or just their good practices, have actually kept everything. So when you release that all together, it really does become quite an amazing impact and phenomena in terms of what that does for the next set of people looking at that. So as I said earlier, between 2011 and 20, well now, you will find that nearly 50% of collections that have been on Paris runways have actually referenced Bowie. They come in it from slightly different ways. These are the strongest ones that I've tried to pull out to show different ways of referencing that. But that release is out there again, and designers are starting to look at what is it about that? So it's not stuck in a time warp. It's actually about this transference, this idea of total change. So looking at a fairly conservative fashion industry, it's interesting to look at the recent collection that's come out from Selvages, which is called Agenda. Now Agenda actually starts to address many of the things that that Bowie was toying with in terms of his many many characterizations, but this for the first time is a collection that doesn't break up male and female. It actually is put together in one part of Selfridges, and here everything comes together. Uh, the word agender is probably a bit labored, but it says what it's about in terms of how that actually gives a very different meaning to the way we look at clothing and the way we actually still put things into these neat, tidy boxes. So when I started to think, why do, why do designers keep returning back to David Bowie? Well, it is about breaking up, breaking up this, this, these habitual practices. David Bowie still has that resonance of continual change, which is very much about what fashion is about, but also in terms of unsettling, where things in a very homogenized fashion world continue to be repeated again and again and again. So simple things like man dresses, simple things like different cuts of suiting actually portray very different images of bodies, actually portray very different ways of movement. Um, So all those particular characteristics of how you live in your world alter in terms of the way your garments fit, the way the fabric flows around your body. So this whole idea of body image um, really shifts quite substantially and also this creativity, the performative aspect. So ironically, haute couture is where there are very extravagant parades, but again, often with these very strict um, ways of thinking about identity and gender. I haven't gone into the back scenes. I haven't hit the street where, because in terms of where we look at mass communication, the number of magazines that put those images out there, the number of people who follow those is on a par with the number of people who go to Bowie performances. So when we start to look at how those things come together, you can see that Bowie, in subtle and less subtle ways, will always continue to have an influence on fashion. That's it from me. Thank you. You have been listening to an ACME podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com slash acmeonline or the Acme website.